Hi, I'm Whitney. And I'm Taylor. And we're the Ghost Sisters. So, welcome back for part two of... I'm so sorry if I just, like, burped in y'all's faces. I'm very sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know if I couldn't hear it. Welcome back, though. What's up? (laughs) When you've been eating cookies. Yeah, well, it's my life. What do you want? So... We are back for part two of Haunted Locations, and this episode will probably be significantly shorter than the other episode. That's what she told me. So, like, if she is a liar without a hairdryer, I will be the first to say something, okay? <laughs> Just be, don't be such a Ryman hymen, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are doing Native American lands, abandoned areas, hotels, and battlefields. It's yeah, going so. really well so far. Really well. Okay, so we'll just jump right into it. Let's go. Native American lands. I've discovered as I've been reading through things that whether or not a Native American burial ground has any kind of bearing on whether or not a land will be haunted completely depends on the tribe in question. A lot of the areas, it's kind of become a trope in Hollywood and that kind of thing that Native American burial ground means that you're going to have all kinds of issues and stuff like that, which if you leave it alone, generally you're not going to have any problems. It depends on whether or not the land is considered sacred and there's some kind of ceremony involved with it. Yeah. So I went through and looked at a few different tribes that some of them are really lacking on what happens with their dead. Some of them are really, really strict on what happens. So basically, most Native American cultures believe that it is improper to have contact with the remains of the deceased. Basically, you shouldn't move them, you shouldn't touch them, you should just leave them as they are and bury them as you need to and be done with it. Oh, okay. The way you were talking, it sounded like where they died is where they stayed. And I was like, what the fuck? Like... Not even. Like, the way you were saying it, it was like if they died in their chair. Oh, no, you just leave them there. No, that's not what I mean. (laughs) I was like, uh... (laughs) So, disruption of a dead body might prevent the spirit from moving into the afterlife. That's true in a lot of cultures. Like, even even Christianity and that kind of thing. You, You should really not mess with dead bodies and stuff. So, Native Hawaiians believe that the spirit of the deceased remains in their bones following their death. So, Moving the body can cause all kinds of problems because, you're, you know, if you separate the bones and stuff like that, you're splitting the spirit apart. The Navajo <laughs> believe that the body has to be properly buried so the spirit can move on. If improperly buried, the spirit might remain in the physical world, but the spirit does not return to wreak havoc on the living. It's just stuck. Oh. If you rebury it properly, then there's the chance that it will move on, but it's just stuck. So a lot of the things that I was reading was it's only a problem if that particular tribe puts a curse on you. Like if you have like a witch doctor that puts a curse on you kind of thing. Sure. 
out of curiosity, I went to see what sites are considered sacred around the U.S. And there are only a few official burial sites that I found. Granted, I only looked at one website, but it was like the website for sacred lands. There were a ton of sacred lands, but the only a few of them I found that were actual burial sites. Ah. There is the Tamales Point and Point Reyes in the California Bay area. This is a ceremonial and mortuary complex for the coastal Miwok and the Ohlone tribes. These are going to be real short because I really didn't find too, too much information about them. Um, there's Monument Hill in Arizona. This is part of the Tohono O'odham Nation. And there is the Quito Baquito. Quito Baquito, maybe? I don't know. I do that every time I go to say the name of something that I don't know. I do this in class, too. Whenever I'm trying to pronounce something, I'm like, hello. She's putting both of her fingers up, like <laughs> her pointer fingers on both hands. She's like, Ugh. I'm going to get it. So Monument Hill is the actual burial and ceremonial ground there. The juris, oh God, juristic, juristic, I don't know. I know I'm saying that wrong. This is part of the Ama Mutsun tribal band. In Gilroy, California, they have a lot of sacred ceremonies out there. And then there is Cave Rock, which was an ancient volcano in the Lake Tahoe, Tahoe Basin. And that is home to the spirits of the Washoe. So mm. those were just, that's just four of the sites that I found. This website literally had all of the indigenous sacred sites all over the world. So wow. I'll take a look and I'll, I'll post it someplace <laughs> that if people are interested, they can look at it. So I was kind of disappointed at the lack of information that I found on Native American burial. Like the, it's just, it really just seems to be stereotype as opposed to an actual thing that people experience. And I've heard that before too. Like yeah. it's, it, everyone's like, Ooh, it's an ancient Indian burial ground, but it like, Yes, it may be an ancient Indian burial ground, but it may not be a sacred ancient Indian burial. It may right. just be that colonists were dicks and took over and happened to do that there. And it's haunted for some other reason, not necessarily because it was that burial site, but just, right. you know, yeah. So apparently the Amityville horror, when that book came out, that's what got people started on the ancient Indian burial mm. ground thing. So... Got it. Yeah. So abandoned areas, again, like last episode, I didn't find a lot of information as far as why these things are haunted. So I just kind of said why I think they're haunted. Basically abandoned areas, because humans no longer inhabit it, nature tends to take over again. And the spirits that are tied to nature tend to move in because there's no interference from humans. Basically, it becomes a safe space that they can come in and do what they want. And then they get angry whenever humans do start to come in and do things. Yeah. Most of them just want to be left alone. That makes sense. Just like last episode, I've got examples. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not as many examples this time. Okay. The first one is probably one that is extremely famous. It's Pripyat, Chernobyl, Ukraine. For those who don't know what happened in Chernobyl, it was a nuclear disaster in 1986 when we had reactor number four exploded at the power plant. 
basically this became a radioactive disaster site and it is still a radioactive disaster site. They, they actually call it a disclosure zone that you're not allowed to go into it. But people being dumb go into it. You can still, like the background radiation in this area is still so high that you can get radiation poisoning, especially the closer you get to the power plant out there. Wow. The really weird thing that came from this was there's almost like a Mothman creature that is seen before the disaster occurred. People were seeing a bird-like creature that was headless with a 20-foot wingspan and red eyes. And it's called the black bird. So it's headless, but it still has eyes. So its eyes are like on its chest and they're bright red. The nipples? Yeah. Maybe maybe he has glowing <laughs> nipples because he lives in a nuclear reactor zone. Well, but it wasn't nuclear before. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. So did they just think it was like a bad omen or were they like thinking that this was like, like a Bigfoot kind of thing? Like it was an occurrence and people saw it. Yeah, it was just people were seeing it and they were seeing it before the disaster occurred. Those who saw it experienced nightmares. They would get threatening phone calls out of the blue or they would start seeing it everywhere. So it's a weird like... The phone calls thing, I'm like, well, that seems almost governmental. Like, yeah, that's that's like everything else that you said. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But the phone calls, I'm like, <laughs> what? It's like this mock man is calling you, just breathing into the phone, like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you last night. <laughs> like what the? <laughs> yeah. So basically, they abandoned. Chernobyl, they went from a uh, res- or a population of 50,000 people, and the next day, everyone evacuated. Good. The people that were initially exposed to this radiation died of horrific radiation poisoning. Basically, the second that they were exposed to it, their bodies started dying, and they started to decompose from the inside out. Like, their skin started sloughing off. It was really, really, really bad. Wow. People still go in there and camp. Um, there are all kinds of abandoned complexes out there, houses, apartment complex, schools, churches. There's all kinds of stuff out there. People will go into the houses and camp in them. I actually watched a video of this and zero out of 10 do not recommend. Like I, it it has to be super creepy to be in first off. Like it has to be like apocalyptic, like zombie apocalypse kind of feeling like being in this house that was just, because I assume they were like, Nope, get the fuck out. And they weren't like, Hey, let's pack up the house. They were like, Nope, grab your shit. We're going. Yeah. Gone. So, one to be in there that's got to be weird and creepy and then two what the fuck is wrong with you yeah you're gonna you're gonna die like what yeah that's not okay yeah so this guy that the video that i watched he sets up a camera and you see people peeking in the windows and peeking around the house and that kind of thing And they think that these are the apparitions of people who died in the disaster, basically warning you, like, this is still a bad area. You need to get out kind of thing. (laughs) So even the ghosts are like, bitch, what do you do? Why are you here? Bitch, what the fuck? What the fuck? Get out. They're like, "Uh, excuse you. 
but they also wonder if there is a race of people who are still out there that possibly have been mutated by the radioactivity and they still live out there. Mm. We're talking like ghouls from Fallout kind of thing. The way that this works, like the videos that I watched, the figure, it was very much like an apparition where the figure was there and then he'd go after it and it'd be gone. So my guess is that a race of mutants is not really the thing out there. I mean, but then you also look at movies like I Am Legend where they have these races that have survived whatever. I mean, that one was... I don't think it was a radioactive thing, though. It was like a sickness or something. But either way, they still managed to survive, and they have, like, superhuman speed and strength right. and whatnot. So, like, and I mean, if you're up in that much radiation, I would expect you got some superpowers going. So Right. And Chernobyl, like, shit's weird in Chernobyl. Like, it just, mm-mm. There's also, of course, animals out there that they think might have mutated due to the radiation and that kind of thing. I heard about like dogs and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a whole group of stray dogs out there, yeah. stray cats. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, and I believe that we can't. They can't even take them out of there because they were born into that radiation and have kind of adapted to yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So. Ah. So. That's just a like a taste of Chernobyl. Like there's a whole lot more with Chernobyl in there. I could probably spend like two episodes on Chernobyl, but I won't do that to y'all. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. The next one is the Atlanta prison farm. And this one is just kind of an abandoned thing. I really didn't find a whole lot as far as paranormal stuff goes. Um, but it's 400 acres of abandoned land that operated from 1945 to 1995. It was a 700-bed detention facility that housed minor criminals with the potential for vocational training. So basically, they were petty criminals, like stealing and that kind of thing, and they figured they could rehabilitate them. It was only built for 700. It housed 1,000 inmates at its peak. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Like, come on. Uh, But basically, it was a massive farm, and they had pigs, they had cows, they had you know, they grew their own crops and all that kind of stuff. And they supplied to the surrounding area and of course fed the inmates in the region as well. Mm-hmm. This place was so abandoned. How abandoned was it? <laughs> I think I'm doing that wrong. <laughs> A fire started on the property and instead of going and putting the fire out, the firemen were like, just let it burn. Oh, let the fire take over. So all that remains there is the charred remains of this particular person. Well, I mean, they figured, I guess like, yeah, if there's, if there's no one there and there's no harm of it, maybe spreading and it's kind of Mm self-contained then like, yeah, why risk lives going out to fight this fire whenever it can just smolder. Exactly. Okay. So getting into the more well-known ones, We've got the Ohio State Reformatory. The first inmates were brought in in 1896, and it closed in 1990. So this thing ran for almost 100 years. God. It was purchased from the state after it closed, and it's being restored. But they are discovering as they're restoring it, there's a lot of, of hauntings. So Shocking. Shocking. They see shadow people in the toilets and the eastern showers on the first floor. They see shadow people. They hear voices. They hear footsteps. And they say you get the feeling like you're not alone. 
on the third floor in the middle administrative area or admin. They just called it admin. Mm -hmm. The sub-basement has a lot of varied experiences and people avoided it even whenever it was an operation. Like they just did not like going down there. And honestly, it's the basement. So same. The chapel, it said that spirits like to get grabby in the chapel. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. Well, where else do you get grabby? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the admin basement has two entities. One of them is nice. One of them is not nice. The cell blocks, of course, have murders and suicides in them. And so there's going to be stuff that goes with that. Yeah. And then the hole, which is, of course, the isolation uh, rooms, those had lots of suicides in them. And people were like, the conditions were horrific in there. Oh, yeah. I would assume. Yes. The Ohio State Reformatory is crazy. There is kind of switching gears here. The Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in Rock, West Virginia. Yeah. They think that this could have been a Native American burial ground. But again, that I've learned really doesn't mean much, I guess. It was purchased in the 1920s by Conley Snitto. I think I'm saying that right, Snitto. It starts with what's known as the Clay Incident. A man named Mitchell Clay brought his family to that area in the 1700s. They had... 14 children, which like, oh, no, thank you. God, like my insides are like, what? No. How could you even like, oh, my God. Can you imagine you spend 14 years assuming that they are a year apart, which I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're Irish twins. You spend Mm -hmm. 14 years pregnant. Just popping out babies. Just, Just at that point, they surely... They just walk out. I mean, right? your body, like at some point, your body is like, I <laughs> fucking give up. Like, I can't. Oh, my God. No, there's nothing about that. Okay. I don't uh, even want one child. Like, no. I, like, I just, oh, man. Yeah. So the clay incident is in 1783, Native Americans grabbed two of the children and killed them and then kidnapped a little boy named Ezekiel. And burned him at the stake. Clay obviously was not okay with this. He went with other settlers in the area, hunted the Native Americans down, and killed them. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. After that, nothing really went well for them. For the Clays? The Clays, yes. Okay. That continued, uh, like, <laughs> issues in, in that area. Did they have, like, did it say at all what the reasoning was behind like killing these kids? Like, not that there's a good reason, but if it's something like they snuck into where they shouldn't have been, not that that's a reason to kill anyone, but also like, or was it just I fucking hate you guys and they kill them? It was my understanding was that it was a territorial thing that the clays were infringing on their land. And so they were going to scare them and they just happened to have the children were out doing chores and stuff and they were easy game. So, uh, I mean, yeah. the clays basically were a town, so I could right. see that. <laughs> You've got their own population and everything. Yeah, They were like, eh, they'll make more. It's fine. Yeah, they'll make more. <laughs> So, so they had some rough times until the 1920s, whenever Conley bought this place and he was like, I'm going to make an amusement park. So he built like swings, the classic amusement park stuff. 
Unfortunately, a little girl died on the swings. A boy drowned in the pond. There were oh six God. total deaths in this oh. area. The attraction was understandably abandoned in 1966. Yeah. 20 years later, so in 1986, a man named Gaylord White looked into it. And he was going to buy it with the thought of building like condominiums on it and that kind of thing. But then that's when they found out it was an ancient burial ground. And most of the skeletons belonged to children. Oh, so they were like, we're not fucking with that. And so they figured which good on them for not like, you know, yeah, yeah. so the amusement park attractions still stand. They're all rusting and taken over by nature, and it's Ugh. super creepy looking. But yeah, they think the land itself might be cursed, and that's why all of these issues have fallen this area. Hmm. But cursed by who? Like, I don't know. Maybe the Native Americans, whenever the uh, clay came and like killed those Native Americans, maybe that tribe put a curse on the rest of the family. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. Hmm. And then, of course, we have Eastern State Penitentiary. Can't go anywhere without abandoned stuff talking about that. Yep. So, um, construction started in 1821, and it officially closed in 1971 for prisoners. And then it reopened as a museum in 1994. So, it was known for its punishment, which I put in parentheses, a.k.a. torture, because they literally use torture devices. The first one is the iron gag, which is a bit that is shackled around your mouth and or shackled around your head. And then there's a bit in your mouth so that you can't talk. They would leave you in that for as long as they felt the punishment was necessary. So because this bit was in your mouth, you also could not eat. Yeah. It was also a starvation punishment. Jesus. They had what was known as the mad chair. Back in the day... They thought that mental illness spread through circulation of blood around your body. Basically, the blood itself carried the mental illness. Of course. Of course. You've got ghosts in your blood. Do cocaine about it. Duh. <laughs> God. They were like, how do we stop this? Well, we'll strap you to a chair so that you can't move and you can't circulate blood. Because that's how the circulatory system works. It just, the heart stops pumping when you stop moving. <laughs> so, like, problem solved. Yeah. yeah, problem solved. Exactly. Yeah. So they would strap them to the chair so that they could not move a single muscle. They would be denied food for days. And inmates often needed amputation of limbs after this. They would be held for so long that their circulation would stop in their limbs entirely and their limbs would die. Oh, my God. How long would you have to be on that chair? They said that it could go up to, like, that a week are they like strapping like yes like your whole body is strapped to this chair that's the only way like because if you i mean not that i i don't know the human body that well but i would think if you are just leisurely sitting in the same spot for a week your limbs would still work but if you're being strapped down to where you don't even have circulation like what that's crazy that's what they're saying they strap mm. you down so tight that you couldn't move and it would cut circulation off to your limbs. Mm -mm. And then there was the water bath where during the winter months, they would dunk you into an ice cold tub of water and then hang you on the wall. 
ice would grow over your skin and most people did not make it to the next morning. Uh, no. Yeah. What? So way to go, Eastern State. You're doing doing all the medieval torture. Um, like not not even the medieval torture. You're doing work like these are war crimes. Like, I mean, these yeah. are these are like banned by the Geneva Convention kind of. Yeah. Like it's gosh. fucked up, man. Yeah. Wow. I was actually really surprised. I mean, I, I knew that that kind of stuff happened, but they like they put it so very bluntly on their website. I was like, oh, damn. Oh, shit. Obviously, there are hauntings with this. There's Clearly. an apparition of a man in cell block 12. They typically see objects moving on their own. There are disembodied voices and shadow figures. This place is known for Al Capone and Willie, Willie Sutton serving their sentences here. So Al Capone had his really nice cell and all that because he was a special man. <laughs> he was a special man. Special man. Um, people often see a man standing in one of the guard towers, but the stairs that lead up to the guard tower disintegrated a long time ago. So there's no way to get up there, but they see a man standing up there. All righty. They have whispering, giggling, and weeping. And then they have a woman that they call the soap lady that sits in the last cell of the second floor wearing white. And apparently this is where women were held. They were held in that particular area. So it makes sense that she would be seen there. I did not find out why she's called the soap lady. I see your face and I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's gotta be a reason. Like, yeah. Was she obsessed with being clean? Was she obsessed with not being clean? Did she make her own soap? <laughs> make, make soap out of other inmates? You're like, what? Maybe that's like how she she survived as she made soap and traded it for smokes. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? And they were like, this is soap lady. Once I got through Eastern State, I realized that I did not put prisons on my list of places that are typically haunted. And so I was like, well, it's good that I'm covering them. So, well, there you go. There you go. How did you forget prisons? I don't know. Like, I feel like that's like the number one. Like, yeah. yeah, I have no idea. The next one is the Tillamook Rock Lighthouse in Oregon. And apparently this is a thing. Lighthouses are apparently very haunted. Yeah. And I, I understand why after, after reading about this. So in 1878, the government decided that this rock needs a lighthouse because it was causing problems. <laughs> Problem rock. <laughs> Problem rock. Um, the Native Americans basically told them that this rock is evil, it's haunted by evil spirits, it is cursed by their gods, and they do not approach it. So the Native Americans are like, y'all crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. And so it really was a problem rock. Yeah, it was, prob it was problem rock. From day one, they started having problems. The very first surveyor that went out there, his name was, he was Master Mason John Trewabas. He was swept out to sea by a rogue wave, and his body was never recovered. So, yeah. off to an excellent start. Good. Okay. There was so much superstition and speculation from both the natives and the villagers in this area that they, no one wanted to work in this particular lighthouse. They had to bring workers from outside of the village in completely sequester them from the villagers so that the villagers wouldn't scare them out of working and then send them out by themselves to work so that the lighthouse could be built. 
like if they were like, all right, you're hired, um, but uh, we're going to put you in this room and you can't talk to anyone. And Like, no, don't worry. It's okay. Everything's fine. Um, and um, you can't go into town. No, really. Like, it's okay. Um, and then we're going to send you to this lighthouse and like, no, 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 no. Don't look it up or anything. Um, so like, yeah, that's going to be your job. I would be like, you can fuck right off. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. That's a scam on the scammiest level of scams. Like, no. The sirens and red flags are going everywhere. Yeah. And if they were not, you maybe deserve what you were getting. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 100%. Know. So getting to the location was super dangerous. A lot of the boats would get hit by waves and knocked up against the rock. And then you'd be... <laughs> You'd be having a bad day. There was a time when a massive storm stranded the work crew out there for nearly two weeks, and they almost starved to death. Ah. After the lighthouse was built, they brought out the actual keepers, the light keepers. Four men were brought out there without their families, so they didn't even have the comfort of having their families with them. Again. One of these men, Again. Yeah, I'd be like, no, thank you. No. One man, his name was James A. Gibbs. He was... Like, this place is freaking haunted. He said that all four of the lightkeepers kept seeing a ghost ship. Um, they were hearing moaning and whispering when no one was up. And they kept hearing ghosts as they were climbing the stairs to the tap, the stairs, the stairs to the tower, which the stairs yeah, works. Yeah, the scary stairs. One friendly lightkeeper was one of the entities, and then one malicious one was one of the entities. So the four. They were all there at the same time, or these are four separate accounts? They're all there at the same time. Okay. Yes. Mm. The malicious lightkeeper would chase people on the stairs. And one guy, uh, one of the men that was working there, had to be taken away in a straitjacket after he was chased on the stairs. Oh, my God. So they were like, did he go crazy when he was there? Was he already crazy? And I was like, well, the evidence points to he went crazy while he was there. Um could be a little bit of both. It closed, thankfully, on September 1st of 1957. So is the rock still a problem? Yeah. Yeah. It's still a big thing. So in 1980, a group of private investors bought the rock and opened a columbarium, which housed urns, kind of like a, it's a, a mortuary for cremated people as opposed to, like, bodies. Ah. Their license was revoked in 1999, and since then, it's been abandoned. So, Are ships still, like, running into it, though? I don't know. I think that it's become such, like, a like well-known thing that you just kind of avoid that area. So, hmm. honorable mentions, we have the Letchworth Village in Phil's, I think that's how you say that, New York, Goldfield Hotel in Nevada, and the Forest Haven Asylum in Maryland. Mm. Hotels are always a fun thing. Oof. Hotels are haunted because there's a lot going on. There are people that go in. There's a lot of heightened emotion. There are people that go in there to have affairs. There are people that go in there to attempt or and slash or complete suicide. There are, you know, kids. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff happening in hotels. The small amount of time that I worked in a hotel, like mm -hmm. the, I mean, first off that hotel was haunted, which I don't think you have on your list, like kitchens. 
like restaurants. No, I don't. Yeah. Because like so far, I want to say the very first kitchen that I worked in, that place was haunted. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the hotel, the bake shop was like super haunted. But like we had a couple deaths happen while I was there. And then, of course, there was a, a really big one that happened before I got there, but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, pinpoint where I'm at and everything, but still like, it was, it was crazy. Like, cause, and a few of them were just like this one guy, he just, he just died. Like right. he was there on a business trip and like, so shit happens at hotels, man. Right. Exactly. So I pulled some famous examples. And then of course I pulled two that I was like, I have to cover these because we're in Texas. The first one is the Stanley hotel in Colorado. Cause of you can't course. do hotels without Stanley. So if you don't know, this one is famous because it is the inspiration for the shining and the overlook hotel by uh, Stephen King. It is a 140 room hotel and it opened its doors on July 4th of 1909. It is still functioning today. It has a hedge maze and all that kind of stuff. They put that in after uh, The Shining came out because they wanted to pay tribute to it and stuff. But there's a lot going on in this particular hotel. So one of the big hotspots is known as the Vortex, which is actually the main staircase of the hotel. And there's a young girl that gets photographed on the stairs. Um, she was photographed by a guest and there was no girl present at the time. But people have said that this girl is so corporeal that she, they think she's a real girl. Like, I mm. mean, she's obviously a real girl, but they think that she's a human, like living girl. Huh. And they'll ask her like, where's your mom and that kind of thing. And then they'll go to do something and turn around and she's gone. Ah. There's the concert hall where Stanley, the man that created the hotel or that built the hotel, his wife, Flora, loved to play the piano and she loved concerts and that kind of thing. So they created the concert hall. That was his gift to her. Mm. You can hear classical piano being played after everybody's out of the hall and everybody's like gone to bed and stuff for the night. They started to renovate the concert hall in 2000 and activity has skyrocketed since then. Do they like, is the wife... She, I mean, she died, right? So, like, yes. Do we think it's her? Yeah, they, they think it's her. She yeah, just going like, there and playing the piano. I enjoy my present. Thank you so much. Yeah. Aww. So the fourth floor, they hear children running through the halls late at night, and then they open the door, and nobody's out there. Mm. Which, anytime children are involved, I'm like, <laughs> closet doors will open and shut. Items will go missing, especially clothing, and it'll appear later put away neatly in a drawer. Oh, oh no. So like, they think that it's, um, that it could possibly be Flora as well, that she's, you know, like tidying up. Stuff away. Yes. So room 428 is the most active because they hear footsteps, but they hear furniture being arra- rearranged as the occupants of that room sleep. So they wake up from sleep and like no. the chair is now moved. No. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> no. Nothing about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no. There's also a lone cowboy that appears at the edge of people's beds. And it's said that he particularly pays attention to women and he's been known to kiss them on the cheek and stuff while they're sleeping. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Room 217 is the next hot spot, and there was a horrific accident involving the head housekeeper. Her name was Mrs. Elizabeth Wilson. Mm-hmm. She was lighting 
acetylene lanterns ahead of a big snowstorm just in case power went out. But what she didn't know was the entire second floor was filling with gas due to a gas leak. Ah. She walked into room 217, lit a match, and the room exploded. Everything was damaged. The floor beneath her completely disintegrated, and she dropped into the dining room below. Um, There were no casualties. Yeah, there were no casualties, though. Wait, she lived? She suffered from two broken ankles. And what? She actually lived until she was 90. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, this wow. is indestructible. Yeah. But it's thought that she haunts that particular room. Which is the haunted room in The Shining, I believe. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, 217. Yes. And that's the room that Stephen King stayed in that inspired him to write The Shining. But what you find in room 217 inside of the movie slash book is very different, vastly different. Yeah, she is very much like she just likes turning lights on and off and like, like stuff will go missing and be put away and that kind of thing. So the next one is the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in California. And this opened on May 15th of 1927. Went into decline in the 1950s, but then Radisson bought it in the 1980s, and they restored it. The restoration process started up activity. It became very popular for very high-profile celebrities like Marilyn Monroe and several actors and that kind of thing. So The Radisson? Yeah, Radisson. Like, the, the hotel chain bought it and restored it. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I did. When they popped out Radisson, I was like, well, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, and it's never been associated with, like, highfalutin kind of thing. Right, yeah. Like, okay. Marilyn Monroe was known to have her own suite in this hotel. Um, She was living in it while she was starting up her acting career and that kind of thing. Um, She is known to roam the hotel in her own old suite, um, which is room 1200. And it's said that she appears in a full-length mirror that was in her old suite and people like the staff had to move this mirror out into the hallway because people would see her in the mirror in the room and jet like oh shit that's Marilyn Monroe I'm not staying here (laughs) really you would leave I would be like that's fucking Marilyn Monroe like what's up let's hang out She's also seen dancing in the ballroom because this was the site of an Academy Awards ceremony and one of the shortest Oscar ceremonies of all time. It was five minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know. um, so, like, and everyone wins. All right. Bye. Everyone wins. Get out. So Montgomery Clift, who I was like, who did? Um, he was an actor. Um, he was in the same kind of realm as uh, James Dean and couple of other people um but he was known for his like he played a very moody dark teen kind of heartthrob sure he is known to wander room 928 he will wake guests up he'll brush by the maids and that kind of thing Hmm. there is a five-year-old named caroline she was seen by psychic Peter James in 1992, who saw her crying, and he asked her what was wrong. She said that she was worried about her mom getting hurt. And whenever he tried to comfort her, she disappeared. Huh. Is there... That was a weird one. Anything going to, like, a mom or, like, a woman being hurt or... 
not that I saw, right. but I didn't, I got to admit, I really didn't go too far into that one because I didn't want this to end up being an hour and a half like the previous one. Uh-huh. But she said to play and roam the halls looking for her mom. And she is so corporeal that she wears a pink jacket and jeans. Wow. She will run around the lobby singing and playing and stuff. And people think she's just someone's kid. So she's very, very active. Hmm. There are two unknown male spirits in the ballroom. One of them is a possible actor that appears in the ballroom um, in a tux. And psychics think that he he told them that he's from the 1920s. He's an award nominee and an Oscar banquet attender. And then there's another one that wears a tux, but he's a different guy. He plays the piano. And then there's a swimming pool entity where there's a person seen swimming in the pool when it's all closed for guests or everybody's asleep. Mm-hmm. When security guards go to check, nobody's in the in the pool. Yay. <laughs> okay. So the Baker Hotel in Texas, in yeah. Mineral Wells, Texas. Oh, my God. I was just looking at that. Oh, yay. They're, they're <laughs> renovating it. They've been renovating it for a while. Yeah. So... It opened in 1929 in Mineral Wells, Texas, because of the what's known as crazy water or healing water. Basically, this area is a spring that you have very mineral-rich water that wells up to the surface. And the family that initially came there was suffering from all kinds of ailments, and they were kind of wary about drinking the water. They gave it to their livestock. Their livestock was fine drinking the water, so they started drinking it. They started noticing that they felt better the more that they drank this water. So it became known as the healing water. And then that word spread. So people from all over the country started coming. So Mm. that's why the Baker Hotel was created. It was very famous. Judy Garland and a whole bunch of other people came to get help from this healing water. They had spas and all that stuff. Um, You can still drink the water out there today. Um, They've got different mineral contents and stuff. It closed in 1972, but in 1999, it was put on a plan to be renovated and reimagined as the Baker Hotel and Spa. The development for this began in 2019, and they said it would be a three-year process, but I just checked their website, and we're sitting in 2023, and it's not done. To be fair, okay, to be fair. We had a pandemic. We, like went through some shit all right so like cut them a break okay cut them a break the pandemic from what i was reading did put a huge thing on their stuff and they're having problems with people still breaking in fun fact if you ever plan on going to the baker hotel in texas it backs right up to a police station and they basically have the searchlights on the hotel constantly because people are breaking in all the time to get to go ghost hunting and that kind of thing. If you are caught breaking in or you are caught trespassing, you will immediately be ticketed, if not arrested. Immediately. Immediately. So the ghosts that they see in this area are the woman on the seventh floor. They think that she's the mistress of the hotel manager and that she jumped to her death from the top of the building. She's... People typically smell her perfume. She's supposedly very flirtatious with the men that she finds attractive. Housekeeping has found glasses in the room with red lipstick stains when no one was in her room. Glasses, like drinking glasses. Like drinking glasses. For a second, I thought you meant like 
reading glasses and like someone had kissed them and i was like what the fuck who kisses glasses okay yeah drinking and then they also hear a woman in heels walking along the floor Mm. there was a group that was doing a tour in the brazos room the entire group heard silverware and dishes clanking together people talking and orchestral music it has not happened before that and it has not happened since that oh so that was a random thing spooky there's also what's known as the fresh air ghost that a lady across the street uh, she has a good view of the windows in the hotel she noticed that some windows would be open and some would be closed and then she started marking which windows were open and which were closed and noticed that they were opening and closing and so she was like oh the dude that's up there must be like he must be airing out the rooms and stuff. And then they told her this was in the 1990s. They were like, no one has inhabited that since the 1970s. And she was like, nope. I, I would I would shut my blinds so fast and move. I would be like, because now they know that I know that they know that I know. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, well, fine. I do know. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I know what you were saying. <laughs> so... They also see a dog and a little boy. The boy is six to eight years old, and he told a psychic that he died in 1933 while his parents were trying to get help for his leukemia. Ah! And the the dog is there with the boy. So the dog and the boy keep each other company. Oh. Uh, my guess is that, because this is right in that time period, they came to the Baker Hotel in hopes that the healing water would heal his leukemia. Which... I can eat a little more than water. I believe in water, but a little bit more. Yeah, Whitney's the original hydro homie. Hell yeah. So (laughs) next one is Hotel Galvez in Galveston, Texas. So this is uh, one of Whitney and I's ghost hunting bucket list things. Which it has recently been renovated. So, and I. Yes. Did they have information about it being renovated? They did not have information about the new renovations. Because I'm curious. If they had anything happen while that was going on. Because they did quite a bit to it. So Yeah. Yeah. So this opened in 1911. And it is still open today. It is very expensive to go there. But their buffet apparently is amazing. I have not gotten to partake. I mean, when I went, it was amazing. (laughs) Whitney's fancy. No. There are several ghosts here there is the lovelorn lady which is perhaps the most famous of them her name was audra she was a 25 year old bride to be in the mid 1950s she would rent out room 501 in the hotel galvez where her while her fiance a mariner would go out to sea for work she would climb up on the rooftop and wait to see his ship to make sure that he was coming back in There was a massive storm in which she was told that her fiance died. They told her that all hands were lost. And so she was so distraught that she hung herself in the western turret of the hotel. God. He actually survived that storm and arrived in Galveston a few days after she committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. People report feeling chills. Uh, They'll have doors slam, televisions turn on and off, lights flickering. Um, It's thought that Audra roams the Western Turret in room 501. So then we have Sister Catherine, which was thought to be a nun. It's just kind of a generic nun name because they don't actually know if this lady's name is Sister Catherine. 
Okay. But at one point, they believe that this particular nun belonged to the Sisters of Charity. And the Sisters of Charity oversaw the St. Mary's Orphans Asylum, which was in Galveston around the 1900s. In 1900, a massive hurricane came through Galveston and wiped out the city. The sisters, whenever this was happening, they wanted to save the children. So they cut cloth into rope and tied the children around their waist to the sisters so that they could keep together. They think that this actually was detrimental to the children's survival. Basically, it didn't give them a way to get away. So 90 children and 10 sisters perished in the hurricane, and they were still attached to one another. Their bodies were found on the beach of the Hotel Galvez, so just right in front of the hotel. Mm. In addition, they see phantom children. There's a small ghost girl that bounces a ball. She's wearing 19th century clothing. They constantly hear running and laughing in the hotel. They hear the piano playing. They think it could be the orphans that died in that hurricane. Yeah. Oof. Then uh, honorable mentions, the Omni Parker Hotel in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I'm about to become mom and not be able to say Massachusetts. 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 The 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa in Arkansas. And then the Fister Hotel in Wisconsin. The Fister? The Fister. It's P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So... This last bit is all battlegrounds and war zones. And honestly, there are no specific entities that I found regarding some of these. And if y'all know of entities that are specific to these different battlegrounds, feel free to tell me about them because I couldn't really find too, too much. But instead, you can see on all of these soldiers, you can hear marching, you can hear gunshots, you can hear cannon fire. Obviously, battlegrounds, it's heightened emotion. There's a lot of death. Um, there's a lot of, you know, sickness and disease and famine, and it's it's a mess. So I focus primarily on American battlegrounds, but of course they're, you know, the whole world is always in some kind of conflict. So the examples I have are Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You can't talk about haunted battlegrounds without talking about Gettysburg. So the Battle of Gettysburg was from July 1st to 3rd of 1863. And it is one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. There we go. Brain wasn't was working. Like, are you going to make it? <laughs> nope. I had reboot. 51,000 casualties with this. Wow. But this was the battle where the Union forces were able to turn back Confederate invasion into the North. So this was the turning point of, Ooh-hoo. yes, of the Civil War. Um, the next one is Antietam, Maryland. Uh, the Battle of Antietam was September 17th, 1862, and it was a Union victory. It was the bloodiest one-day battle in American military history. Damn. 22,720 soldiers were dead, wounded, or missing. Ugh. That's not good. Charleston, South Carolina. This is Fort, Fort Moultrie and Fort... Oh, gosh, I can't talk well, today. Awful. Fort Sumter. The Fort... Fort Moultrie events occurred on June 28, 1776, where the Continental soldiers stopped British occupation from nine Royal Navy warships. The Civil War also began in Charleston, South Carolina, whenever the Confederate forces fired on Fort Sumter on April 12, 1861. Mm. 
We have Fort McHenry in Maryland. They had 25 hours of British bombardment during the Battle of Baltimore on September 12th through 14th of 1814. Fredericksburg, Virginia, that was a huge Union loss um, during the Civil War on December 11th through 15th of 1862. And then, of course, we have Lexington and Concord, Massachusetts. The Revolutionary War began at the Battles of Lexington and Concord on April 19th of 1775. My birthday. Birthday, my birthday. Not, not the year, though. But no, I mean, you are you are 200 something years old. So, you know, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So that rounds out the haunted locations. But as we found out, I didn't cover I didn't cover a lot of prisons and I did not cover kitchens at all. So that might be an extra round that we'll have to do. And you also didn't cover like haunted roads or anything. I did not. Yeah, because that's like a big thing. Yeah. I'm like trying to think of other ones. Yeah, if y'all have other ones, suggestions. But yeah, theaters, theaters, the theaters. Shut up, theaters, theaters. <laughs> Anyways, y'all. But those kitchens, <laughs> roads. Yep. Bars. Oh God, bars. Yeah, there's actually a bar in Las Vegas, New Mexico, that I went to that is haunted. That. I, I always want to go back there. It's a really cool place. Mm-hmm. So I can actually, like, whenever people go out there, I'm like, I sat in that chair. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're like, okay, Taylor. Okay, nobody cares. Nobody. Lots of people have sat in that chair, you weirdo. <laughs> but I'm special. Are you? No. <laughs> no. 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 So. That does it for the, I guess, the first two parts of the haunted locations area. Apparently, there's going to be a part three, and we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have to do it right away. No, we can do that later. Yeah. It'll be a a throwback episode. We'll do it like three months from now. We'll be like, y'all remember when? Throwback. Yeah. Throwback. All right. So you were saying next we're doing the Wendigo. For a creature feature? The creature feature of the Wendigo. And then I'm doing two episodes of paranormal equipment that Whitney is making a very blase face. (laughs) Maybe we should like split it up and it'll be like half the episode is um, equipment and then half the episode is something else. (laughs) So we'd end up with four episodes. Of paranormal equipment. I'm just thinking we got to break up the science a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it Someone out. Someone other than me will find this interesting. <laughs> Someone other than you will find it interesting, and we will make it interesting for the other people that don't find it interesting. AKA Whitney. <laughs> it's not that I don't find it interesting. Like, yeah, it's cool and everything, but like, oh, like, oh, that, like, it sounds like homework. I, like, uh, <laughs> I enjoy the science behind it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, like always, if y'all have suggestions or comments or anything, feel free to hit us up on any of the social meds. I hate saying social meds. I feel ridiculous saying it. My phone will, uh, instead of typing in Instagram, it'll say Insta. Uh-huh. On the Insta. So we are 
the Ghost Sisters on everything but Insta. On Insta, we are the Ghost Sisters TX, and on Gmail, we are the Ghost Sisters TX at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out. Yeah, send us your stories and everything, and um, we'll we'll go through them, and hopefully, maybe sometime we'll have enough that we can like do episode of you guys because like that's yeah cool. that would be badass yeah that'd be fun so okay all right i guess we're we're gonna say goodbye so goodbye everybody she's she's pocahontas waving yeah i'm, I'm pocahontas waving right now so <laughs> yeah we'll spook you later bitches, bitches. bitches. all right all right bye later